This is Get a Real Job, the podcast devoted to people who choose risk over safe bets, who pursue their passion against all odds and are doing what they want, how they want, despite people and sometimes the voices in their own heads telling them they're nuts. When the field that I wanted to work in didn't exist, I created it. The only thing you have to decide is how hard you want to work. I really never went into the design of the restaurant of not succeeding. One way or another, I was going to succeed. I'm your host, Dan Bova, editorial director of entrepreneur.com. Thanks for listening. And now, get a real job. Hey, everyone. So uh, the much more athletic man on the other end of this video call is Paul Rabel, who not only co-founded the Premier Lacrosse League, he's also considered by many to be the best lacrosse player on the planet. So we spoke with Paul at the launch of the league back in 2019, and we've got him back on the line because something really big is happening at the PLL. Paul, what is going on? Hey, thanks for having me. Um, you're right. I, I remember three years ago spending time with you and the fellow entrepreneur team uh, around the exciting announcement of starting a new league. And I knew it was going to be really challenging because no one has started a league and played in it. In fact, right. they, uh, Hollywood makes spoofs on that. And I would refer to people, refer to myself, to other people as Jackie Moon to kind of like level. The- <laughs> <laughs> but I think, uh, yeah, the time has come though for me. Um, and it's been, uh, it's been a long journey. I've been playing for 23 years of my life and 14 professionally, first with Major League Lacrosse, which since we made our announcement, we've merged with. Then the indoor league, I've played internationally and now started the Premier Lacrosse League. Played in it for three seasons. It was fulfilling, but it was very challenging. And uh, I'm beginning to embark on the next chapter of my life now, announcing my retirement from the PLL. Wow. So that is, that's huge. That is huge news. Um, uh, That couldn't have been an easy decision to make, I'm uh, guessing. No, it's not. And I don't think it is for any athlete. And I consulted a number over the last few years as I knew my time would come. And so you kind of try to figure out when it is. And there's really two options. Some athletes prefer to get dragged off the field and let nature run its course. And then others maybe step in and and have a sense of empowerment and and going out when when they want to go out. And uh, for me, the added layer was making a decision what's best for me personally, but also knowing that professionally for mm. my career as a co-founder of the PLL with my brother and CEO, Mike, we needed to make a decision what was best for the league too, because while I right. play or while I was also playing, there was time that I was not spending on the business. And lacrosse is at this crossroads right now where we've had a successful first three years since launching the IOC gave the sport full membership in its path to the Olympics. And it is a pretty amazing time to take the game to the next level of great North American pro sports leagues. So that time's now for me, man. It was like, yeah. here we are. Uh, I could keep gutting it out on field or just spend all of my time for the first time in my life on one thing. So that's uh, like what I, I mean. I'm sure there, there's there's people in all kinds of fields who have to deal with a decision, you know, when to sort of step away from it. Do you think? Let's just say you weren't the commissioner, 
Do you think you would still be playing or do you think you would still be thinking about retiring from playing? I've thought about that a lot. I, I think I would still play. Yeah. Okay. I think over the last seven years, I've been dealing with injuries and, and that's yeah. a, a big part of mm. a decision for any athlete. But you learn that athletes that play well into their 30s are always playing injured. And I have a surgery to get this off season, but I would have uh, I would have probably committed to another. And that's just me being honest with you. I think that's yeah. what the what made this decision so challenging and unique. Uh, but at the same time, a lot of athletes struggle leaving the game because they have to press reset on a new career. Right. Um, and right now I've been working on that career while I've been playing and, um, I'm eager to give it my full and undivided. Yeah. So what do you, um, you know, with this sort of new found chunk of your life, that's going to come back to be able to devote to that, you know, how do you see that playing out? What kind of, what kind of things are you thinking about? How do you think you're going to spend that time now? Well, I would like to travel. I would like to take a little time, uh, Mm. for myself and uh you know reinvest in my personal life and relationships mm. and and things that are i think are going to help me I, I i'm very aware and mindful of just jumping all of my energy into the business I've, I've done that before and it didn't work too well for me personally although it may have been helpful uh from a career standpoint in building this thing but uh i've got to find balance so i'll recalibrate yeah. And I know I'm going to miss the game. My high school coach who came to my retirement conference. Uh, it was the first thing he told me is when he retired from coaching that it took him about two years to heal, to not miss it every day. And I, I know right. that in front of me. Um, so you find hobbies and other interests. And uh, I think where I'm where most excited on the league operating side is, is in season, I get to spend all of my time focused on the teams and the players and being supportive mm. of them versus being competitive with them as a player. Well, I mean, what a what an inc- insanely unique uh, point of view you have uh, as a commissioner to know every detail of what these players are experiencing, good and bad. Uh, so I, I I would imagine you're going to be or you are a beloved uh, commissioner. You know, that's that's kind of unique in the sports world. Uh, Not uh, not all commissioners are the most loved guys uh, in the sport. No, and I think it's um, it probably runs to the psychology of of business and sports business and the relationship that we have with uh, bosses or uh, commissioners or CEOs or any, any member of the chief executive team, um, you know, you have to make hard decisions and there's accountability and there's also, um, you know, I, I think in, in the entertainment business and the sports business, which which is what we're in, um, when things don't go well, there are people to blame and people blame upward. And and the responsibility of being a leader in any organization, especially in entertainment sports and things that are public facing is to have, thick skin, but to also know that that's what you're signing up for. Um, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't run an entertainment business and not be a part of the entertainment. So right. that's where I see, I see a lot of commissioners get booed and stuff when they're doing the draft or, or they're yeah. getting out the, the championship trophy at the end of the year. And, uh, and you've got to keep, um, uh, you got to keep a, like a strong perspective around that and, uh, and know that we're all, 
um, doing the best we can. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the, uh, what, what, so, you, so we heard from your, your, your coach, um, you know, for the people that have been, I'm sure you didn't make this uh, decision in a vacuum. So what, what was some of the, the, the things that you heard from people that sort of maybe pointed you in a certain direction? Well, I'm lucky that the confidants that I keep in my circle are, are pretty evolved human beings and mm-hmm. they, uh, none of them gave me a suggestion on making a decision in one direction or the other. They all knew that it was my decision to make and they would be there to support and listen and also provide some insight here and there. Um, but the decision for me actually was before the season started and, mm. um, and it came in, in two ways. One, what was best for me, as we talked about as, as a player and executive for the league, um, but two, understanding hard decisions holistically. I mean, hard decisions are hard because you actually never get to 100%. Right. You never do. And we have yeah. this expectation that we, we can't make a decision unless we're certain. Um, certainty doesn't exist. We live in a gray world. And uh, the way that I think about decisions, particularly hard ones, is that if you can get to 80%, that's your, that's your decision. That's a great place to be. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then also walking away from that decision, knowing that it's not permanent. And I know people in sports are always going to come back. Any decision is not permanent. Right. Uh, yeah. We can, we can reconsider, uh, life happens and, and no decision is wrong. Right. You can always go to maybe, maybe not. Cause we'll never know if the other choice was better or worse because we never played right. it. So I think that's, so that's you, I approached it. It's more of like a it's more of like a, a Buddhist psychological approach of right, right. You get to 80%. And if I'm sitting at 80, much different than 50-50. 50-50. Yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah. So you're leaving the window open to go play baseball for a season and then come <laughs> back. <laughs> no, no. no, this is a, an official retirement, but I, okay. I, I, I do think that um you know, if Joe Ty, who's our board member and owner of the Brooklyn Nets, wants to give me a, a tryout, I'd, I'd consider that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Um, well, I, I think that's, the, the, I love that 80% thing because, you know, as you said, uh, there's never a clear 100%. And particularly as you grow in your business or in your passion, things just, uh, things get more and more complicated. They tend not to get less complicated. So uh, that's, that's pretty cool that you sort of come up with that, that, that equation in your head. Um, Do you have any kind of method for people who are, you know, trying to make a big decision like you just made, or, you know, maybe to varying degrees of, uh, of, of impact, but how do, you, how do you go about that? Is it literally you're writing things down, like pros and cons? Like, how, how do you go about decision-making? Pros and cons help, for sure. So I, I would write out a list of, of things in both directions, uh, positive and negative. I think having as many conversations with the right people mm. is critical. More coming up from our guests. But first, a word from our sponsor. Coming to the era of efficiency, Alibaba.com aims to help their users spend less and sell more. With better experiences, less time-consuming, more reliable services to obtain higher quality and variety of global sourcing, 
Alibaba.com makes global sourcing efficient and easy to use for any buyer, especially for SMBs. As a B2B global e-commerce platform, Alibaba.com provides a much easier, flexible, and efficient way for online retailers to source various products from global manufacturers and other types of suppliers. With supplies, fulfillment services, and easy-to-use experiences improving continuously, Alibaba.com has been ready to be the new source of business success for online retailers. For more details and info, please go check out Alibaba.com. And our next sponsor. Being a small business owner can be so fulfilling, rewarding, and let's be honest, a little scary from time to time. Doing your own thing and being your own boss is great, but sometimes it can make you feel like you're all alone, especially when things aren't going so great. Well, the folks at State Farm want you to know you aren't alone. State Farm has thousands of agents who are small business owners too, so they know what it takes to protect everything you work so hard for. State Farm has an assortment of insurance policies for small businesses that can be tailored to your needs. So whether you're a hairstylist, an electrician, or a florist, State Farm agents are ready to help. Learn more and find an agent today at statefarm.com slash smallbusiness. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode of Get a Real Job is presented by State Farm. And we're back. What I often see people do is have conversations with their core confidants, the people they trust, and then they begin having the same conversation with outer circle folks that don't have as much information or as privy to all the details as your inner circle. And they'll start giving you advice that sways you in different directions. So make sure you're, the people that you're consulting is tight, but with that group, utilize them as much as you can. Um, and then the last piece for me is be honest with yourself. Mm. And, and what I mean by that is really think through the downside. Mm. We yeah. often think about the upside. I'll give it to you. And, and, and my example is I had a good season this year. I could have a good season next year and maybe I'll right. prolong it. But I'm also 35 that needs to have knee surgery that's had other surgeries. And there's a world where I get to training camp and I tear something else and I don't right, even right. get off the ground. That's a thing yeah. that we hate to think about, but you yeah. got to weigh that in. What if right. I don't make it through next season? And so you have to really balance both sides of, of possibility. And, and then you get the real opportunity to weigh your decision. And that generally brings you back into the present moment, making a decision on what's best for you in this time, which is which is the most important. We can't make decisions on the future. We don't know what that's going to be like. That's awesome. I, that's, that's, fan, that's amazing advice. That's, that's really great and well put. Um, in terms of you as a competitor, now you are a competitor, obviously, on, on the field and uh, you know, in business. Is there a business equivalent to you of the feeling of scoring a goal? Yeah, it would be securing our next media rights deal. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and we have scoring opportunities every day, you know, from our one-on-ones with our direct reports to pitches with outbound brands to you know social media posts and whether they perform or not to digital and you know major out-of-home marketing campaigns. So uh, I think that much like lacrosse or other sports, 
our company does a really good job of tracking our objectives and key results. And we get to the nitty gritty of a day to day. So our stat lines from a performance standpoint are kept like stat lines of a game. And mm. we know how we're performing. We know where the wins are. We know where our losses are. And we're constantly trying to tweak it and be better. That's great. That's awesome. So a lot of uh, big fans out there, I'm sure they're happy for you, but maybe a little little sad to not see you uh, out there. Well, what, what do you say to uh, the people who've been following you all this time? Oh, well, I'm incredibly grateful for you. You have provided me with an experience through lacrosse that I would have never imagined was there. When I first played the game, I was 12 years old and my neighbor gave me his backup stick and I didn't know anything about it. Mm. I wasn't very good, but I stuck with it. I learned a lot about certain characteristics that have helped me today from resilience, to teamwork, to work ethic. And I've traveled the world. I've learned about the history of this game. It's Native American. It's from the Six Nations. It's called Dehontic Wahes. It was used originally as a means of religion and spirituality and connection and solving conflict. Today, we play the secular version, which the weight of us as operators is pretty heavy because we want to make sure we continue to honor the roots of the game while mm. growing it you know, nationwide and internationally. Um, I'm not going anywhere. I, I'm lucky to still be a part of the PLL. You'll just see me in a different uniform on game days. Right. Uh, but uh, but those moments that I get, did get to share with you on field, whether you're at games or watching at home or we were just talking through social media, those uh, will live with me forever. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Well, on behalf of everyone who's been watching, uh, you, you you put on quite quite a show for everyone. So uh, you've given some amazing memories to people. So so thank you for that. And, uh, you know, best of luck. And obviously, with uh, it's been so great watching you kind of bring this league to where it is now. And we're going to keep watching to see where you take it next. Amazing. Thanks for having me, Dan, as always. All right. Great talking to you. That's our episode, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. Get a Real Job comes out every Tuesday. So be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you harvest your favorite podcasts. Leave us a review. Give us a share. Don't make me big people. Go to entrepreneur.com for new episodes of this and to listen to our other great podcasts. Thanks. Thanks.